Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's your girl, Taylor, with my homie, Tristan. Shout out to Carol Baskin for making cool cats and kittens a thing. And welcome to another episode of Cool Crime Sisters. I really hope we can be like an awesome sister duo, you know, like like a household name. Like, oh, you mean Taylor and Tristan? <laughs> of course I know them. Do you have any? I don't know. I don't know about that. I really don't. You don't want to be like, someone can say Marky Mark and you're like, Ooh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, or like... But you, I, we don't have a nickname. No, it would just be Taylor and Tristan. Ooh, Taylor and Tristan. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Taylor What do you mean? I know that. Your example is so bad. Well, first of all, we don't have the same last name, so we can't be like, oh, the Blank Sisters. And I don't know, Crooked Crime. Oh, you mean the Crooked Crime Sisters? I feel like that's kind of like a mouthful, so I'm just... Is there actually like an iconic Tristan? Can you think of one? A famous Tristan? No. That could be me. I'm screwed. Yeah, there's Taylor Swift. <laughs> Laser. Taylor Lautner. I don't know any Tristans. I don't know any Tristans like either. Famous. So we'll have to be, oh, Tristan and Taylor. We'll have to have your name first. Even though it doesn't sound as good, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe we'll be like Allie and AJ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See? Anyways, we are sisters. <laughs> Capital from, L, loser. <laughs> we are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday we are here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way. And we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk. So with that, let's get started. All right. Disclaimer for today. Um, the story contains murder, lying, and just like a complete crazy person. Like, I don't know. You have to give a disclaimer when there's a crazy person? Well, I don't I, I don't know. You know, he's. it's one of those things like you re, you're like, okay, cool, whatever. But then when you like think about it, like, this guy's actually pretty crazy. He's nuts. He's so... I'm telling today's story. Story yeah. time with Miss Tristan. Yes. Again, like super sorry if I suck at this. This is not my forte. And obviously Taylor. I like. I, I honestly like it better when Taylor does it. I, I think t- you do a good job though. I really like it. I just have a problem too with like talking really fast. I'm like, <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Just slow it down in the little edit thing, right? Right. Yes. Okay, so here we are. We're getting a hang of things. We're like literally like <laughs> just a backtrack, like, you know, backside of thing. We like make these episodes and they're just all over the place. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on. We never know which one we're on. So it's kind of crazy. Like we're already 10 episodes in and yeah, exciting. But so today's case is about Robert Langley. And this case is just really weird personally to me because for the life of me I cannot remember where I found this case I don't know if I like was listening to a podcast and someone was talking about it I don't know if I watched a YouTube video and someone was talking about it I don't know if I read a news article and someone talked about it but I remember finding this case and I called Taylor I called you yeah and I remember sitting in the car in the parking lot and I was on the phone with you and telling you about it and you, you were in Texas and I was like oh my gosh this case I just found like how crazy. Blah, blah, no, blah. yeah, I totally remember. I seriously do. Because it was like, you were like, you need to get home. Do you have this channel? Because I think whether, I don't I don't remember either, but I know I watched the the one on oxygen. 
See, I don't, I didn't watch the one on oxygen. That's no, like, I don't know how I found this case. Well, that's the way I watched it. Like that, because <sighs> you must have just given me his name because I went out, I went, I remember I was at UTEP. So I was like, okay, remember this name and then I'm going to get home and then I'm going to go research it. And I ended up finding an episode on TV and I was able to watch it that way. Yeah. And I don't know why, but yeah, I thought this case was, case was crazy. I obviously told you about it, but then I totally forgot about it. Yeah. I never knew the person's name. I never looked it up. And I think, honestly, I probably just got obsessed with, like, a different case and totally just, you know, forgot about it. But I could never find it again. I just knew, like, the basis of this case. and like, oh, he did this and this. Yeah. But I never heard about it again. So I honestly, like, thought, like, I made it up in my head. I thought it was, like, a crazy fever dream. <laughs> okay. This case, like I said, I originally found it, thought it was crazy. So that's why I decided to do it. We're doing it today. It's about yes. Robert Langley. So it takes place in like the late 80s. And the crime occurs in 1986 to 1987. And like we always do, I'll try to find some inter- like interesting facts that happened during that time. So I'm just going to do 1987. All right. So 1987 was the year that Full House first premiered. Hulk Hogan successfully defended his title as WWF heavyweight champion against Andre the <gasps> Giant. Andre. Iconic. <laughs> and also the year Ronald Reagan signed a secret order to allow covert sales of arms to Iran. Hmm. It's nice. Okay. <laughs> but later in the year, he delivered a speech about knocking down the Berlin Wall. So that's kind of nice of him. Yeah. Give some takes on him. Which the Berlin Wall was taken down two years later in 1989. So he, he put some effort in there. He helped. I was going to say, does that count? Like... Well, okay, I was doing research on it, and there's, like, his speech, I guess, like, he did it two years before, but then they said, like, oh, it was iconic and, like, really, like, they like went, looking back, they was like, oh, the speech was so good and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. All right. Well, Avi, I love Andre the Giant. Um, Andre the Giant beat Hulk Hogan, and then no, he, he went on. Oh, Andre the Giant was defeated by Hulk Hogan, and then he went on to star in The Princess Bride, and he redeemed himself. So it's great. I just, I needed to know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I needed to know. Love Andre the Giant. And I was in the middle of telling my fun story about how I know someone who used to do Portland wrestling because Portland wrestling was like a big thing back in the 80s. And Andre the Giant used to come hang out in his basement, which sounds really weird. But there was a bar down there. It was cool. Whatever. Dude, I even like, what car does Andre the Giant drive? That's why I know. <laughs> oh my god. Like, have you seen like the videos of like super like tall basketball guys and they're like in Lamborghinis or like McC- like you no know, super to McLaren's McLaren's and, yeah. like tiny sport cars. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Anyway. He what is he what did he drive? What did he drive? No idea. Uh he drove a Mini Cooper. Let's just say. Oh I'm just kidding. I don't know. I mean because like leg would fit in <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's thanks for the fun fact. Whatever. Back to my case. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, today's crooked crook is Robert Langley, and he was born December 22nd in 1959. And I really, like, just don't know if I'm, like, the worst researcher ever, but I could not find anything about him, about his past or anything like that. Mm. Literally, it's so annoying, and it sucks because, like, he's recently in the news, not, like, recently, recently, but, like, he's been in the news. So, like, all I could find was, like, him in the news, like, being, you know, I'm like, what was your past? Couldn't find it. So, yeah, no good details, sorry. I feel like, though, that, like, people didn't really get, like, super crime-obsessed until, like, the 90s. Yeah. And so they didn't start, like, doing 
the research as much until like the late 90s, early 2000s when like, oh, everybody wants to know about yeah. their past. Why did they Like they would this? cover the cases for sure, but yeah. nobody would be like, well, why are they, are they the way that they are? So good excuse. Thanks. I'll use it. <laughs> yeah. So Robert Langley was a convicted felon and he was serving time for a violent robbery, which again, could not find anything about. So, oh, okay. So we just know that it was violent. We yeah. don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, and in 1986, Robert entered a program at the Oregon State Hospital in Salem, Oregon, called the Correctional Treatment Program, from which I understand is kind of like a vague term, but this program consisted of mentally or emotionally disturbed prisoners living on the hospital campus in cottage-like housing and receiving passes that allow the convicts to go into society with the intent to better transition them when they are done with their sentence. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> Okay. Okay. So first of all, uh, I really want to cover the Oregon State Hospital. Just in general as well. Yeah, like sketch <laughs> stuff went down there. And obviously they filmed a movie there. So yeah, but it, I, it's a mental hospital. So obviously like whoever works there, they're going to have some stories. But but let's just recap for a second. So you're telling me <laughs> these emotionally, mentally unstable human beings mm-hmm. are living by themselves. Well, okay, I guess on he, the property. he had a room at the hospital, but he also had a cottage that was on, like, the campus. So I guess he had two places to hang out. So I don't know why. homie's got two. I don't know why they gave him these so many, like, chances. So I'm going to be, like, a snowbird this weekend and go <laughs> hang out at the cottage. I did, yeah, and I really don't understand. And, like, the program, I couldn't figure out, like, what – who started this program? I was going to say, whose, whose idea, idea was this? Was this? <laughs> but then they're just going to go, like, run around town. Yeah, I think I'm going to go hit up the bars this week and – go make some friends and then I'll come back. Like, okay, 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 okay. I know this is a tangent, but like, do you think he like went into places? Like, do you think he was like, ever like, oh yeah, you can come back to my place. Oh, I live in a cottage. Like sounds all like romantic and whimsical. So <laughs> I, I really, I don't, oh I have no idea. And like, the, I'm, I'm assuming the idea was for them to, like, enroll in food stamps or, like, try to find low-income housing when they're done with their sentences and, like, apply for jobs or something, which I don't know how often that actually happened. Robert obviously was not doing that. And yeah. I bet there's many other cases of the prisoners just being like, oh, sick. Get free pass into town. We'll <laughs> yeah. go run around and do whatever I want. Like, well, yeah. Okay. And they were unsupervised, I was obviously. Say, were they unsupervised or was it like, <laughs> all right, you've got – you know, you're, I don't even, all I can think of is the nurse ratchet boy nurse. I've never seen that. But, but I could just think about like him being the guy that like, yeah, I'll take the guys into town. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if they like, you know, they kinda, jump on a mini bus. That's like, what I was thinking. It's kind of like, you know, like a senior center, like, you yeah. know, like the little old people, they get to go to the store like <laughs> once a week, <laughs> go to the grocery outlet. store. Yeah. So like, I don't, I really have no oh. idea, which I don't think so because he got in a bunch of trouble while he was out. Run around okay. town. So, okay, just take a step back for a second. Do I think that the program is a complete mess? No. I think in the right parameters, if you had the right structure in it, absolutely, this is a great idea. This is a great idea for people who to, need help. Yeah. And, and yeah, however, you have to be really careful. You have to monitor the snot out of it. Yeah. And obviously, like, these guys weren't interested in that. So, <laughs> which it sucks because, like I said, this man was crazy and we'll get into it. But I think he did fool everyone in his program. So he was. He's manipulative and, like, So total. he's a Ted Bundy. Because oh I love God. to bring him up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know. So anyway, 
So while Robert was out and about, it doesn't say if he meets his girlfriend or if they were, like, dating before, mm-hmm. but he meets up with this lady named Sasha. Sasha. Is it Sasha, not Sasha? It's not Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> not Sasha. It's Sasha. <laughs> not Salsa? Not Salsa. Sasha. We're so horrible. I think. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Unless the person on the, in the episode was saying it weird. I don't know. And so I guess one day Sasha... Mm-hmm. Was just casually talking about her friend Annie Gray. So I don't, I don't like, I don't know if like Sasha came over to the cottage and was hanging out and she's like, yo, my friend Annie Gray. I was gonna say I, she's super fine with like, oh, you live here. I wonder what. Okay, so say that Robert is a charismatic. Maybe he didn't type. Yeah. Did he just say like, oh yeah, I live on this property because I work there and I have Maybe. like free housing. Mm, like, I didn't think of that. He could probably totally, like make a ploy like that because but. yeah. Anyway. So, her friend Annie. Annie was a 39-year-old mother. She lived alone in an apartment in Salem. She had recently broken up with her longtime boyfriend and was just like kind of feeling down in the dumps. December 10th, 1986, Annie's neighbor calls her and asks if she wanna have coffee. Which so sweet. Yeah, I wish my like, love. I never hear that. People like neighbors calling you, like, oh, you wanna come over to my apartment and have coffee? Oh. It never happens anymore. We anyway. have coffee all the time together. Does it just not count? We're not neighbors. We're sisters. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, whatever. You don't get the point. I, I get the point. No. I get, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying I want to be loved too. I, I'll be your neighbor. Hello, neighbor. No. Do you want to have coffee? No. I don't. I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Annie replies that no, she actually had a company over. So the neighbor assumed that it may have been like her ex because she knew that Annie wanted to rekindle a relationship. Okay. So she like thought nothing of it. The next day, Annie had plans with her brother to which she never showed up for. And it was stated that Annie was not the type to last-minute cancel and not say anything. Which, same girl. I hate last-minute changes. Oh, my lanta. I'm, like, a freak about that. I don't think there's anyone more obsessed with not... Like, if you don't follow Tristan's plan, which I get it. Like, I get upset when I have a plan and you don't follow it. But, like, when someone has a plan, when you have a plan and someone doesn't follow it, like, just run away. Don't don't stick I need around. like one little switch change. I was gonna say we could say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to Chick-fil-A for lunch, and then you end up going to Burger King. Tristan will be like, What? You okay. say Chick-fil-A. I, we are not going to Burger King. I did not agree to that. And you will literally say that. I did not agree to that. <laughs> I never say what you're really mad because Burger King's is super gross. I don't no, know. I'm just saying Awful. like you get so heated. It's and even upset. it's so it's honestly so stupid. It really is like Looking on it, like, I have a problem. <laughs> I agree. It could be anything like, okay, we're going to go to the store. We're going to go to Walmart. Okay, cool. But so-and-so's driving, not this person. Yeah. I was like, no, we're taking – I thought we were taking that person's car. What do you mean? You so already this said. person's car. What, why are we changing cars? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a freak about mind. that. It's – I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> I don't so, know why either. I don't like it, but okay. They thought this was suspicious, though, that Annie didn't, like, last minute – like, would last minute cancel and not, like, show up. So, so I guess you're saying it's like a sign. Like if something happens in last minute, like you don't say anything, I need to pay attention. Not that I wouldn't already pay attention, but like. Eh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So after no one hearing from Annie for like three days, Judith, Annie's sister, called the police to schedule a. Welfare check? Is it a welfare check? Yeah. Tanner said it wasn't a welfare check when I was reading it to him. He said that's not what it's called. Yeah, it is. And that's why I thought it was a welfare check. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know you had to schedule them. But. Well, she didn't, like, schedule them, but she called the police to, like, can Say, you do like, a welfare hey. check on my sister? I haven't heard from her. But I wonder, where did she live in, like, a different place that way? Well, 
Okay, sorry, sorry. Literally the next sentence. Oh, I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. So Judith is in Seattle, which yes. I think is funny that she ended up being the one to call the police. Yeah. Like, that, because the brother lived there. The family lived in Oregon, and she's in Seattle, but she's the one that, like, had to yeah. call the police. So where like, the rest are y'all at? But then again, after three days, like, if you don't keep in contact with your sister that frequently, like, it would be weird if you and I didn't talk for three days. Yeah. But it's not weird if I don't talk to Megan for like three days call her out well no I'm just like saying like yeah I but I see you every day yeah yeah that's true so yeah so Judith ended up being one yes and I just want to say I watched the oxygen episode which you did too yes on this case and Judith is like a true MVP she, I love her. We love yes. her. <laughs> if she could be like our mascot, let's do it. Yeah. She is she the best. She was the best in this. And if you haven't, or if you have the time, and you know, after you listen to this case and you're like, wow, this is interesting, dude, go watch the oxygen episode mm-hmm. because it's we just I I don't want to give it away, but it's just great. They have lots of commentary on Judith, and I really love her opinion. Yes. <laughs> so she requests a welfare check, and the police go to Annie's apartment. And out of a surprise, a man opens the door. The man who opens the door is none other than Robert Langley. Oh. Which, Robert, why are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you have two homes, Robert. Why are you in this <laughs> Another <third> one. <laughs> so, Robert lets the cops into the home and answers, like, all the questions they have. He's just, you know, whatever. So, the story is Robert and Sasha. So, it's the girlfriend's also in the apartment. I she was Sasha. Sasha. So- whatever. I can't. Mm. Anyway, she's also in the apartment. State that Annie had been feeling depressed. Yep. And he had a contract with Annie that he was p- given permission to sell all her belongings and then send her the money he made, minus a little commission for himself. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, do you believe that? Like, no. Okay. What if someone just randomly was like, no. oh, yeah, she ran off and I get to sell her belongings. Here's okay. a piece of paper that says so. Okay, so here's the thing. So here's – it's. I feel like it's kind of like one of those, like, sweetheart swindle things. Like, oh, yeah. if you didn't know better and you would be like someone told you this, you would be like, oh, okay, like, sure, maybe. However, weird. crime enthusiasts like us, big red flag. We're like, uh-uh, nope. Do you have it in writing? Did you take a video? So like, they did you- have it in writing. Mm. But, like – was it notarized? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's what he did, though. Here's what he did. So he made Sacha state that she was there for the signing of the contract and that sh- they like she saw her and they yeah. like saw her walk away. Totally fine. Like, last time I saw her, they signed the contract and she left. So the police yeah. thought nothing of it. They're just like, hmm, a little weird, but they've seen say, weirder. You know what I mean? I've got things to do. Like, I get it. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just I mean, saying it I just, don't like it. It just, and it sucks because they said, like, there was nothing they can convict them of. Like, yeah. Oh, it's kind of weird you're in this chick's house, but, I mean, you have a piece of paper saying you're allowed to be in her house, so they can't really do anything. But it's a piece of paper, so does I know. Exactly. <laughs> does that even count? <laughs> so once the police come back from their check, they notified Judith. Okay. And obviously Judith was like pissed. She's like, "What the heck? Who? She's There's like, random people in my sister's house. Like, no." This- and you were just like, mm, "Okay." Oh yeah. And she was like, "And you just let that happen? Like, my that would that's totally false. He's lying." Yeah. So she called the home phone. <laughs> I don't know why, but Robert picked up. <laughs> she was like, "Robert, what are you doing?" <laughs> so he picked up the phone. <laughs> Which I was like, "Why would you pick up?" But anyway, and she told him that like you're a liar. And that he better get out of the house or there will be hell to pay when she got there. Yes. So she jumped in get the car it, with Linda, who's like a mutual friend of theirs. These and then names. Headed. Linda. Dude, they're like iconic. Anyway. Yes. And then they headed towards Oregon. 
Okay. So they were like, no time to waste. The police are not helping me out. And they jumped in the car, got to go. Okay. So when they got to the apartment, they said that the pictures were taken down and, like, the sheets were shipped off the beds, but nothing was missing. Like, he didn't really sell anything or, like, do anything. He didn't do what he said he was going to do. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe they're in the middle of it and then he, got the, he answered the dumb phone call and was like, oh, <laughs> the oh, sister's shoot. coming. Got to go. So I don't, I don't know. But the family insisted to police that Annie would not just disappear yeah. And so they – to, like, take her down as a missing person. Like, this girl's missing. We need to find her. Okay. So at this point, did Judith get in touch with, like, the other family members and be like, hey. Oh, I bet. I like, don't know. Did they – well, I guess I'm just trying to say, like, did they even care? Were they paying attention? Like – Oh, yeah. Because I think also it's – Judith is in the episode, the oxygen episode. Linda's in the oxygen episode. And then the daughter – I Annie's daughter? Yeah, Annie's okay. daughter's in the episode, too. I haven't watched it, obviously, in, like, two years, so. Yeah, I watched it the other day for the first time. I was impressed. But I liked it. It was a good episode. So, yeah, the, I think they, they, they all knew what was happening, obviously, and they all were like, you know. Oh, snap. Obviously, the dude that's in her house that's not supposed to be in her house with this fake contract is the one that did it. But yeah. the police were like, eh, you know. So, obviously, the prime suspect is, of course, Robert Langley. Mm-hmm. And police go to the hospital where Robert, you know, lives. <laughs> For questioning, which right there's a hugest red flag. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Pause for a second. Do you think the original cops, the ones, the original cops that went to the like the house to mm-hmm. like go see like what was happening, do you think they were the same cops who went to the mental hospital? Because like if they were the same, were they like, oh, we messed up? I bet they probably got like got around. You no know, word got around in the thing like, oh, this dude lives in a mental hospital, and they're just like. <laughs> Should, should have looked him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knew he was suspicious, you yeah. know. But, yeah. So, Robert gets interviewed, and he keeps the same story, obviously. Rainy, Annie, Annie ran away, and he was responsible away, for selling all her belongings. Also, to note that Robert's counselor was in the room during the questioning, and she, like, repeatedly exclaims that, like, Robert was a model inmate within the program, and he would never do anything, like, to harm anyone. Okay. Was she, like... Was there some sort of, like, weird relationship with them? Like, There's nothing about that. No, they don't say anything about that. But I just think it shows, like, he's just say, crazy like, fake. I was going to say, why would she be so, like, adamant? Like, he didn't do anything. He couldn't have done anything. Like, obviously, you don't know Robert, ma'am. Well, he hasn't done anything yet. Gosh, you didn't jump into conclusions. I mean, yeah, the case is about well, no, him. And he obviously does do something. But, like, but what I'm saying is, like, he's already... He's in a mental hospital, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't say that he isn't there already like you can't i know but supposedly in the program he's doing great he's a shining star (laughs) anyway so nothing really happens after that and it kind of just like the case turns cold that's sad that is until four months later april 14th 1988 the police received a dude am i like totally wrong with all my numbers what am i doing (laughs) hold on okay so like it first happened in um 86 went into 87. No, it first happened in 87 and went into 88. (laughs) Tristan Marie. Yeah, I suck. That is until four months later, on April 14th, 1988, the police received a call about a suspicious blood trail coming from one of the cottages at the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was like a staff member who called in and then reported, reported it and like uncovered that. Oh, that. The only occupant of this cottage is none other than Robert Langley. Okay, was it uh, the said person who was like, "No, no, no, Robert would never do anything"? Do you? Think oh my god, was- I don't have these answers. I doubt it was the same person. 
but I wonder if it was. And I just want to say, don't you feel silly after you sat there and defended this person? You probably, she, the person probably did. They probably did feel yeah. silly, no matter what. They probably feel silly today. Anyway, so cops obviously rushed to the cottage and found the trail that led to a cactus garden behind the home. And a sign stated, cactus garden, stay out. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, like six? I don't know. <laughs> These are my plants. Stay away from them. Yeah, I really don't know. And it's like kind of random, a cactus garden. Yeah, all this thing. is in Arizona. I don't, I really don't know. Would a cactus really like thrive that well here? Because I feel like it wouldn't. <laughs> Especially in Salem, it's like just, just because of rainy. how rainy it is. Yeah. Like it doesn't, if the sun's not out as much as a cactus garden would suffice. Yes, I, I agree. And so, you know, I totally looked it up because I was like, how, why? Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I looked up if they, and I guess it's like possible. They, oh, ca- you can grow cactuses here. I think it has right. to be a certain kind. I know now. So, okay. And okay. I also would like to state that Robert requested to start the garden, and his therapist thought it would be a really good idea to help and relax him. Oh, so nice of that person. I know. It's like, y'all really spent money buying cactuses for this guy? <laughs> Whack. Anyway. I want to know what the sign looked like. Like, was it just like a Sharpie on a piece of wood? Did he no paint it? idea. You know. These are the details that I want to know. <laughs> I wish things. I could find them. I have no idea where they're at. Anyways, a cactus garden. Yes, yes. In Oregon. Yes. So the police entered the garden and noticed some disturbed dirt. And they began to carefully dig. And once they reached about 16 inches below the ground, police uncovered a white knuckle. Ew. So, like, not even a foot down? Boy, you barely buried this thing. <laughs> like, no, right? You put zero effort into this. So, like, I guess, like, the people who are, like, I'm really glad they didn't, like, you know, just full on, like, go in. Because, ugh. So, yeah. The yeah. body... Like, they could have just decapitated it or whatever. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, my god! The body okay. uncovered is that of Larry Rockenbrandt. Larry was a 24-year-old. I was going to say, who's Larry? <laughs> <laughs> we never talked about Larry. Hold on. So, okay. Larry was a 24-year-old recovering addict. And he used to be in the same correctional treatment program as Robert. So, like, they knew each other. They were friends. Whatever. Rude. He killed his friend. Right? Anyway. So, I think he was out of the program. But not anymore. Yeah. Well, I guess now he is. Yeah. I guess take it how you like. Now he really is. Um, And I also would like to note that the body was unrecognizable and that the skull, are you ready for this? Little dirty details. Yeah. The skull was bashed down to the eyebrows. A quote stating he went from 6'4 to 6 foot. Dang. Yeah. So obviously, like, the cause of death was beat. Blood to the force s- trauma. Yeah, to the skull. Sure. And they, they think he used, like, a baseball bat, some kind of, like, object, round object like that. And, yeah, he, like, beat him to death. Oof. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is so that sad. That is not... Not... <sighs> yeah. Okay. So, during the investigation of the crime scene, you know, like, they have everything, like, they're looking at the body, figuring out what happened. Robert actually drives by the house and stops <laughs> and, like, is watching them. And he's like, oh, hey, police in my cactus garden. I said, stay out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> These guys didn't listen. <laughs> and so the police called his name. And that is when Robert sped <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. It's just so I wonder, were they like, Robert, get over here. Were they like, hey, Robert. Hey. Like, I, I don't know if they were just like, or they're like, is that Robert? Like, are you Robert? And he's like, <laughs> you know, but he sped off in a red firebird later found to belong to Larry. So he stole the dude's car. Oh, Larry had a sick firebird. And I know. 
So let's recap here. Police get a call about a blood trail at Robert's cottage to his cactus garden that apparently you can have in Oregon. All right, cool. Discover a buried body, barely a foot underneath the ground. Uh, Robert coincidentally, coincidentally drives by, looks at the cop who was like, hey, Robert. And he went, oh, no, got a blast. <laughs> and he drives off in a car that belongs to the victim. And, and let's also, <laughs> let's just point this out. A red firebird? Like, that's a pretty obvious vehicle. I know. Robert, what were you thinking? <laughs> Why are you not driving, like, a brown sedan or something? You're in a firebird. You're gonna, it was a sick car. Was He's like, say, might, as well, <laughs> might as well use that. You're going to get attention just because of what you're driving. Ugh. So, yeah, that's exactly what happened. What a dweeb. And this, unfortunately, the story has literally just begun. So, police try to hunt down Robert. It's unfortunate because I kind of like this story. So. You already like it? See, it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I'm down to listen. So, police try to hunt down Robert, but he obviously was, like, on a fast track out of town. So, news outlets get a hold of his story, and police are reporting Robert as, like, a wanted man. And they also are stating that he is a prime suspect of the Annie Gray case. Oh. So, like, people know, like, this girl's been missing for, like, the past, like, few months. So And they, they tied him to it. Like, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, like, they don't release that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they won't... Well, I'm pretty. They won't connect them. I'm. I didn't, I'm pretty sure that's what happened because okay. soon after this becomes top news, police receive a call from a lady who claims to be Robert's aunt. Oh, this is the best part of the story. <laughs> and she tells the police that she was not sure where her nephew is currently, but a few months ago he asked. She asked him to help her with her TV. He told her that he would have to dig a big hole in the backyard to install a huge antenna for her TV. <laughs> then it was like, okay, whatever, like, do whatever you need to do. I just want my TV back, you know? Yeah. So she reported that he dug a huge hole in her backyard, but then filled it up and never fixed the TV. <gasps> what a jerk. Why would you not do the one thing that your, ass, your aunt asked you to do? I know. Robert. And, like, so dumb. I was like, way to make yourself suspicious. Because, like, the aunt was like, you know, whatever, what a weirdo. But then when this, like, came to the thing, like, oh, he's wanted for murder. <laughs> then she was like, oh, wait, there's a hole in my backyard. Oh, that he dug up. Okay, but then it like, never used. Think about that. Like, how creepy would that be? Like, you had a body in your backyard, and you didn't hypothetically had a body in your backyard, and you didn't even know it, right? Okay, so like the the aunt invites the officers over to investigate because she says she has a sick feeling that Annie may be in her backyard. Yeah. Well, is she right? Well, we're gonna cut back to Robert. So okay, <laughs> so Robert and the Firebird. We have to remember this man is currently on the run. Yes. Like they still haven't caught him, so no one knows where he is. Eventually, an unknowingly cop clocks a red Firebird speeding down the highway on the border of Arizona and Mexico. Oh, yeah, he gets he gets far. Dang. <laughs> he attempts right. to pull him over, but the car keeps racing on and begins a high speed chase. Of course it does. By Robert, way, you're in a Firebird. Yeah, just to dummy. clarify, this is Robert. <laughs> So if you couldn't figure that out, yeah. Anyway, so the cop runs the license plates while he's, like, chasing him down, which, like, dang, that's some multitasking. Yeah. Um, and discovers this is a stolen car from Oregon. Oh. So I couldn't figure out, like, how they got him to stop, but he, they end up, like, pulling him over at the border. Robert lifts his hands up and states, like, I am Robert Langley. And then, oh. And the cop was like, okay, cool, get in the car. <laughs> like, I don't know who you are. I don't, give but a, then he I don't probably, care who you are. <laughs> you probably then realize, like, oh, sheesh, this guy, he's wanted. Okay, so then this another thing. Like, do you think that when that happened, do you think he was like, oh, man, they got me? Or do you think he was like, I am Robert Langley? Do you think he said it like, I am Batman kind of thing? Or do you think he was like, oh, man, I'm Robert? I don't know. This guy's, like, totally weird. I can't, like, 
like I said, like, he does some crazy stuff, but, like, at the end, like, totally changed my vibes about him, and, like, he learned more things. I don't know. Okay. So, I really, I really don't know. But, obviously, I just, like, just, does running to Mexico ever work out? Uh, it does for one guy, for a while. For a while? Yeah. But it doesn't work out long term. Long term? No. But for a while, he was there for, like, a month. That's pretty long. That's pretty good, actually. And pretended to be someone else. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And if you if you know who I'm talking about, we're going to cover him soon. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's an interesting plan. So, yeah. yeah, he tried to escape to Mexico. Didn't make it out. So, Robert gets obviously shipped back to Oregon. And once he arrives, police question him about the murders in his and his aunt's backyard. Yeah. So, we got the cactus garden and we got the body in his aunt's yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know why he chose these places. Really didn't think it out, but yeah, I'm sorry. This is the Pacific Northwest. You could have had way more, less obvious places. I'm not suggesting that that's where people put things. I'm that's just saying true. there's a reason why we are known for crime. But anyways, moving on. So obviously he has some explaining to do, which he doesn't. He refused to talk. Oh, okay. but I mean, right. like obviously all the evidence is kind of against him. Yeah. Please like, find Annie's body buried in the aunt's backyard. Oh. She's buried in a deep hole. She is wrapped in climbing ropes and duct tapes. Like wrapped climbing around. Ropes. Yeah, like totally like wrapped her up like as in a ball. Yeah. And okay. Corners concluded that Annie died of positional asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Yeah, I can't say it. You want to say it again? Positional asphyxiation. That's it. Which is when your body is, like, bent up and tight, so tight that, like, you can't breathe. You just, like, suffocate. And, like, it's stated that, like, I still can't figure out if he confessed to doing this or, like, they just made it. That's what he did. Put it together. But supposedly, like, he did that and, like, watched her die. Oh. Like, that's how she died and he just wrapped her up and then, like, sat there and watched her. Mm. So, yeah. Psycho. So, not a simple death at all. And... Since he, like, refused to confess what happened, what did the police, like, say? So, police just come to the conclusion that Annie was just, like, an innocent victim. Oh. And, like, his girlfriend, Sacha, told him about Annie and, like, how she was feeling a little down, questioning life. And, like, Robert created this devious plan. Oh, that's so sad. And, and I wonder, like, does the girlfriend, like, feel bad? Because, like... I couldn't find anything on the girlfriend. Maybe it's a fake name, honestly. I couldn't, like, find anything. But... Yeah, it's much stated that, like, he saw an opportunity and he took it. Ugh, that's gross. I don't like that. And I couldn't, like, not find anything on this guy's mental state. Yeah, like, what, with the program that he was in, like, they never say, like, oh, this is, this is specifically, like, why he was here. Did he have, like, schizophrenia? Did he have, like, you know, multiple personalities? So, like, I guess they just kind of, like, eh, I don't know. But, yeah, he was in a program in a mental hospital, so that should say something. Okay. Did they ever end up questioning or charging the girlfriend with anything because the only reason that Robert met her was because of the girlfriend. So I'm sorry, but I feel like you should have something to do with that. Well, and she's totally like an accessory to the crime because she lied about the whole like signing over the contract. Yeah. She lied about like a lot of things. So So maybe like she, no idea. Okay. I'm going to be real mad, but like whatever. Do you think we can't find anything because, like, she went into, like, witness protection? Did she, like, claim that, like, because of his mental state, like, he forced her to do things? I think she does later claim that, like, she, like, was felt forced to... Which I'm sorry. Do such things. You're knowingly in a relationship with a guy who's in a mental institution. Well, like like you said, maybe he totally lied and was like, oh, I'm just the groundskeeper. Oh, I mean, I guess. Fine. Ugh. I don't 
don't like this. And maybe I'm thinking, now thinking about it, maybe she, like, did, like, a, like, plea deal where she, she like, probably witnessed did. against him. Oh, my gosh. I hate plea deals. Like, I understand that they're useful because otherwise we wouldn't get information from people, but I freaking hate them because reasons like that a get out yeah, of jail card literally. it is it literally is a get out of jail free card and it's ridiculous Ugh. okay so wait a minute we haven't even like what happened with larry like why why did larry have to die so it was said that larry was murdered since he knew too much so i'm not sure like obviously Ugh. robert won't talk and larry is not alive so we can't get any information from him but i'm I'm not sure if he helped in any way, or maybe he helped dispose of the body. I was going to say, so Larry knew too much, but Sacha or whatever doesn't? Salsa? She doesn't? I don't know. Maybe she was just playing along, so she maybe she knew about Larry, too, and she's like, oh, he knew too much, and he wanted to say something, and he got killed. Maybe she Maybe she's the reason that he got killed. Maybe she was like, mm, you should take care of him. <laughs> you know what? You I, can't I'm assume sorry. things about these people. I'm being really rude, and I'm not on the side of Salsa. I'm not. <sighs> Okay. Anyways. So, yeah, this crazy whatever. Okay, tell me tell me then, like, because I, I watched the oxygen thing, but, like, I don't remember specifically, like, how the sentencing went out. So tell me about the sentencing. Dude, the sentencing is what, like, was so complicated. Okay. The, the sentencing has been a problem for years. And I tried to do my best on the research, and this is why I could not find anything on this case, like, good greasy details, because every time I like looked up Robert Langley it was news articles about this dumb sentencing okay. so again I'm yeah not a prime researcher it was confusing originally June 20th 1989 Robert was sentenced to two separate death sentences for each partner so like one for Annie one for Larry okay both on death row makes sense yeah so right like okay cool so this is where the oregon supreme court steps in and states that they needed a retrial due to evidence problems evidence problems i don't understand yeah i really didn't know i couldn't figure out what evidence was wrong and i couldn't yeah there's court cases are like so hard to read i need to take a class on like how to read a court case because i don't understand them at all okay so in 1992 he was retrialed and was sentenced to death for annie's murder yeah. In a minimum of 30 years to life for Larry's murder. Okay. Again, you still, yeah, you, you still just go. So nothing really, row. like, honestly, nothing changed. It's like, he's so still on death row. Yeah. Like, what was the point of having a retrial? I want to, I guess, I guess that's hard because, like, I too want to know, like, well, what, what, what was different? What mattered with the, like, I think it was something like they used evidence in Annie's case for Larry's. Like, they, like, oh, he did this. I, something like that. I was, like, cross-examined. Like, they couldn't they, cross yeah. the, I don't know, the facts. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But, again, I don't okay. know. And it, it just doesn't stop there. All right. In 2000, Oregon Supreme Court again wanted a retrial because the jurors were only given death penalty or life with possibility of parole. No option of life with no possibility of parole. Yeah. Why would you let Robert go out again? No, thanks. Well, this is the best part. <laughs> In 2005, jurors still sentenced him to death. Okay. <laughs> they even were given the option life with no parole, and they're like, no, you should still just go. <laughs> no, we're going to stay with over here. So it's like, like this one. So pointless. Yeah, this uh, sounds like a gigantic waste of everybody's time and money. Exactly. And I don't know why the Oregon Supreme Court was like really on it with this case and really wanted this guy off of death row. I, I, well, okay. I don't know. And then also, like, how traumatizing for these families to have to, like, because Annie was mm-hmm. completely innocent. 
didn't do anything. And obviously like, we don't know a hundred percent like Larry's yeah. situation, whether he was part of it or not, but still for these people to have to still fight through this all the time, like that's messed up. Look, Judith, it gets worse. We are here for you. We I love know. you. It's we support you. So annoying. Like how many retrials? This yeah. Cause done. you know, Judith and Linda are there every time. Oh yeah. Like I read in news articles and like she gave quotes about the whole thing. And she's Ugh. like, I want this to be over. With. But what a mess. Okay. So this is where it gets kind of twisted, and this is where, like, my opinion changed. I still think he's, like, an awful guy. Like, don't get me wrong. He murdered two people. But this guy is totally nuts. Okay. But he's also an evil genius because it was reported that it was hard for Robert to keep attorneys. Okay. I guess some of his lawyers quit because they had too many conflicts with him. Oh. Supposedly, Robert went through seven lawyers in five years. And I quote, has demonstrated an undeniable pattern of manipulation. The defendant has cooperated with defense lawyers only as long as they are willing and able to obtain continuances of his trial dates. So he also was like working on the side and like, oh, Oregon Supreme Court keeps on giving me retrials. Let's keep playing this game. Yeah. And keep on pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Yeah. So at this point, a judge told Robert, either you work with the remaining lawyers or you have to represent yourself. Like, oh, I'm done playing games. Lord almighty. <laughs> and well, I, I guess, guess Robert didn't want to pick either, but he ended up picking representing himself. <laughs> I pick Robert. <laughs> In which the Supreme Court ruled another retrial due to him not being, like, mentally there enough to defend himself. Of course. Which I read he, like, didn't do an opening or closing statement and failed to, like, mount a defense in the case. He was oh, just like, gosh. I don't, I don't know. I'd He's love to be like place. a fly on the wall during that court case. And just like, this man is like, I don't even know if he like even said like, I didn't do it. Maybe he's just like, I plead the fifth. Like, okay. So then I don't know. It makes me like, I don't, it makes me think, okay, well, why don't you pull a Kip Kinkle and you should have taken your time to like research all the things that you need. You're in jail, sir. You know, it's not that? like you have better things to do. Like, why wouldn't you, if you're really wanting to get whatever outcome you want for yourself like why wouldn't you work on it i have no idea what outcome he was trying to get to because like i think he was just trying to get off of death yeah he just doesn't want to be on death row yeah which we all know you it's not like they give you the death sentence and then tomorrow you're executed like you're on there for years oh dude i think in the last 50 years years, oregon's executed two people i was gonna say most likely people die before they actually like Totally. Make it to their, but anyways, that's has so that yeah. So he tried to like defend himself, and it only took the jury twenty minutes to decide again on death. <laughs> he still didn't get out of it, which okay. is just, it's so funny because this is like the fourth retrial, and every time he's been sentenced to death four times. And this was thirty years ago. This happened. Yes. He's, oh my gosh. Like, it's just he's like it's kind of crazy, or he's crazy smart because he keeps on like trying to yeah. like push it, push it, keep on pushing it. Yeah, and. I don't know. So there is speculation he did this so he could drag on the trials and get retrials. So anyway, so yes, Supreme Court scheduled another retrial because he can't defend himself. I was going to say, why would they even reschedule it? Like, just put him in the corner and tell him he can't come out. (laughs) I know. Right? I think that's what- You're in trouble now. Everyone was thinking. So in 2014, I think this is the latest one, Robert again was in court for the retrial of Annie Gray's murder. Okay. Robert's defense attorney, Christopher Clay, really pushed on getting Robert out of the death penalty. He stated that, quote, Robert has been a quiet inmate and has done nothing wrong for 13 years. Eight years before that, in a restrictive housing system. For that time, he's just been pretending? What? <laughs> like, what, what, what point are you trying to make, sir? 
Okay, and see, I get this. Like, this is a coin, a court-appointed lawyer, so it's not like Robert went out and found this guy. So this guy's just trying to do his job. But this is where I feel like lawyers get sleazy. Oh yeah, because they're like, oh, I'm gonna just carry on with this case, even though I know that's why I couldn't be a lawyer. I honestly, especially a defense lawyer, like for criminals because like that, you have to do your due j- diligence for your person. Oh yeah, and you even like, if mm. even if you know like they committed the crime, they did all these things, mm. like you have to represent them, you have to defend them. Like yeah, ew, I I could I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't. But obviously, you get paid big bucks for doing it. Yeah. So it's funny because I honestly think the prosecution fighting against Robert just kept preaching the same story because they kept winning. Why would you change it? So Deputy District Attorney Matt Kemi stated Robert was a violent sociopath who could control his actions. And that's what makes him so scary. He can control his actions for a long time but enjoys hurting people. Oh, okay. As you were saying that, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, if he can control his actions. But now I get it. Like, okay, he can So he can, like, turn pretend, it off and turn it yeah, off. Yeah, he can like, pretend to be a normal person for, like, 10 years, but then go on a killing spree and then go back to being, like, I'm a normal but dude. But I'm fine. Yeah. Look, I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Yep. Psycho. Definition of a psycho. Yep. So, <laughs> this is funny, too. The jury was given four questions. Was Robert's conduct deliberate? Was there a probability of continued threat? Was his conduct unresponsible to provocation? Okay. I can say it. Read that again. (laughs) Unreasonable, not unresponsible. Oh. You want to read this part? Okay. read this. All right. So why don't you say something like, why don't you read what the four questions were? So the jury was given four questions, and I want you to read them. Okay. So number one, was Langley's conduct deliberate? Number two, was there a probability of continued threat? Number three, was his conduct unreasonable to... <laughs> Provoke promotion? Provocation? Provocation? And if there was any. And lastly, should he receive the death penalty to which the jury said yes to all four? <laughs> <laughs> so again, <laughs> the station said go so back to death row. Time, yeah. Like, nope, turn around, go back to your room. It's like when the little kids like come back, can I come out of timeout yet? No, you cannot. Go back to your room. You are still in timeout. We have not called you out yet. So yeah, that I just think it's like he's literally been sentenced to death multiple four times. times. Not once, not twice, not three times. Third time's a charm. Nope, he got four. Four times. And I, that is the most recent one. And I I read that he like ran out of appeals. So everyone is like pretty certain that this is going to be the last retrial. Like he is done. Yeah. But I mean, we can help. Let's hope. Because yeah. he somehow mingles his way out. Well, and that's the thing. Like it went back it was like what he was gonna he was just given he it okay there's no way like he's gonna get like a life sentence without the possibility of parole it's like no he's just getting the death sentence no matter what yeah they decided like no no life you're going on death row so i this remember this is like back in the day and i know oregon there's many people i'm mad about it that like oregon does not execute people and i think they really push to get people off of death row because once they got the larry to 30 yeah. years to life they stopped fighting for that case they just kept on this the retrials are all annie's murder that he yeah. kept on getting sentenced to death and they kept on like retrying yeah so i don't know it's really interesting I was gonna say, and it's hard because yeah like and it's just it's it's i just think it's hilarious though that every time they're like what about 
life with no parole. No, we're, we're still picking death. Yeah. No, <laughs> we, we already gave you the answer. We're sticking with our first answer. And it's yeah. death row. It's not changing. So yeah, it's it's kind of a crazy case. And like, I didn't know about the sentencing part. No, neither when did I. When I first read, like first found the case, I only knew about the crazy, like this dude's in a mental hospital and he got passes to leave and they ended up killing someone. Like dumb, why'd they do that? And then, yeah, this, like, second half of it is just another sweet treat. Like, whipped cream on top that he's <laughs> tried a retrial four times, and he got sentenced to death four times. I Like, that should be a sign. They don't like you. I don't think I'm ever going to look at a cactus the same. Oh, my God. You say that this every case. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is this this has been fun. It's interesting. Like Weird case. I wonder what it's going to come, like, what everything's going to look like in the, in the future. Because obviously, like, okay, that happened in 87. That was 30 years ago. He was born in 1959. So he's getting old. Let like, me see if I can, like, look up. And I, I guess I'm silly for not knowing these things. But, like, is there just, like, a list? And they just go off of, like, here's the next person on the list for death row. Like, how does it I work? literally have no idea. Like, I mean, maybe we should do some research on that, I guess. Oh, Robert Paul Langley. So, yeah, he was sentenced to death originally June 20th, 1989. Yeah. And, yeah. His last sentencing date was February 2nd, 2006. So, I don't think this is updated because it was, like, 2014 was the latest yeah. one. But... Marion yeah. County. All right. Here's the homie. I don't know how old he is. You can do the math. 1959? I don't know either. It's <laughs> a lot of math. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this was just crazy. And uh, we definitely suggest you need to go see Judith's story on the Oxygen episode. Yeah. So, it's called Buried. The, like, whatever series is called Buried in your backyard yeah i was, was going to say something about like being that. buried in the backyard and it's on oxygen and um judith's commentary is just she she really makes the episode 10 out of 10 and the police too they're funny yeah i like them so definitely go check that out when you have time because it's it is going to be the same information that we gave you but you just visually can't. it's better it's yeah. nice to visualize it yeah so and it's like only like 40 minutes long. It's yeah, like it's, it's a long. crazy documentary. So yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend it. And yeah, we're, we thank you for listening today. Thanks for hanging out with us. We, I don't know. Hope you enjoyed the story. Like I said, like I literally thought like this was a fever dream and I just wasn't real, but it is real. It totally is real. Real story. Happened. Yep. In so our good old home state. So watch out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope to see you next time. We have we are seriously like two months ahead as far as like scheduling our stuff. So we're really excited and yeah, just hope to see you at the next episode. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Tom, what do you want? <laughs>